Missing in Missouri is an investigative podcast dedicated to finding as much information as we can in missing person cases and ultimately find the truth. Okay, so today's episode, episode nine, is going to be an interview that I did with Dana's biological family, Sherry, which is her cousin. The interview is, I think, very good. I'm excited for you to hear it, and it just goes to shed more light that a lot of people love Dana because they don't live in Missouri. Right. They're from Oklahoma. It was a good interview. Very good. Very powerful. I know we use that word a lot, but I don't know another word to describe how these interviews go when we talk to these people. I agree. So we're going to go ahead and play it, and then we'll discuss it as normal. Okay, and then we posted some articles on Facebook. Yeah, we posted the first three that we read for word, you know, word for word on the Facebook page So, that's already up there. So, if you want to look at those, go ahead and head to our Facebook page, and you can check it out there. Okay, um, I guess I start with my name. Yes. Um, My name is Sherry. I am Dana's cousin. Um, Her dad and my dad are brothers. Um, So, I've basically known Dana all of my life. Um, My first... I'm meeting Dana um, was when my mother was pregnant with my sister Jamie. Um, her and Dana are a month apart. Um, we went to Texas and um, my uncle Jeff uh, was living with Tammy, which is Dana's mom. And um, they lived pretty close to my grandma and grandpa, which was Jeff's dad. And, um, we had, um, we spent the summer there, uh, you know, a little summer vacation. Mm-hmm. So we, um, saw Dana a lot during that summer. And, um, shortly after that, Jeff and Tammy separated and Jeff had custody of Dana. Um, they moved in with my parents, um, for a while. And, um, I don't know, um, we basically grew up together. Um, my mom and dad never said no to anybody living with us. So it was like a big family. Um, so, um, around the time that we got a little bit older, um, Jeff, her dad had gotten into some trouble and, um, Jeff had signed over temporary custody of Dana to me for a year. Um, I had a two-year-old daughter at the time. Um, and Dana stayed that year with me. And then Jeff, you know, served his time Mm -hmm. and, um, got Dana back, got back on his feet, started working, doing good for himself. Um, then another low point, um, moved back in with my parents, um, because he was working a 24 hour job and couldn't keep a babysitter that could 
keep Dana, you know, at all times. So, um, she was more, I guess, more of a sister than a cousin because we were never separated. (laughs) I mean, it was holidays, it was birthdays, and anybody that knows our family knows that when we do family get-togethers, it is family get-togethers. You cannot miss a family get-together. It's barbecues, it's birthdays, it's Sunday night was dedicated, every Sunday night was dedicated to family fun night at my Uncle Tom and Aunt Bev's, and all of us, kids, everybody, with it. The kids would just go crazy. We would all cook. We'd play cards. We'd play family games. Um, this was all the way up until, um, I want to say, when Jeff and Rebecca got together. Um, he ended up moving to a little side town, which was only about 30 minutes away, but it still had an impact on getting together you know, as yeah. much as we used to, but we still always kept in contact. Um, Dana was a very independent girl, um, very independent. Um, she was good in school. She was big-hearted, the very big heart. Um, her and my sister, now don't get me wrong, um, I have a cousin. You know, you can only take so much of your cousin before you're going to have an argument. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, so, and her and my sister were a month apart, so it was like, you can only keep them together for so long, and then it was like, okay, separation time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was nothing that ever would make Dana think that we would not ever want her around. Dana knew she was loved. Yeah. And, and not a day goes by that we don't think about Dana, but mm-hmm. we have to also remember that we're not getting the information and the input that everybody else is getting. Yeah. We're kind of shunned out. Yeah. You know, we've, we tried. We've reached out. We've only had one source. When this all started... There was this, um, the Sedalia Democrat had this online thing where you could go and someone would post something and it was like anybody could get on there and voice their opinion, good or bad. Okay. So, um, I have been told that that is removed and that is where I reached out because I tried to reach out otherwise and beings that, um, I was not blood family, and don't get me wrong, I say we are. James is my stepdad. He has been my dad since I was eight years old. So I would, and that's Jeff's brother. So we're we're family, you know. Absolutely. And and I've never, I would never ever say, I I don't think blood makes family. You know, I think, I think love and support and being there and never turning your back is family. So um, we're firm believers in in doing what you have to do to, to make things work. And 
um, I reached out on this Sedalia Democrat because when I first found out she was missing, I called the police department. And my Uncle Jeff was incarcerated. He found out while he was incarcerated in Colorado. Mm. He reached out to my dad, and I got a phone call, and my daughter is gone. Can you find out what is going on for me? Mm. My dad doesn't know much about reaching out like that. I don't know. You know, Mm -hmm. it was, it was, Sherry, help me. Yeah. So I did. And they told me that it would have to be the biological father when we reached out to the Sedalia Police Department, that it would have to be the biological father that would have to come in and they could talk to him and they could release information to him and even knowing that he was incarcerated. But they straight up also said in the same breath, we're telling you right now, Jeff Bruce also has a restraining order against him. And if he comes into the state or into the city of Sedalia, he will be arrested on site. (laughs) So my uncle couldn't even go find out about his own daughter. He would even reach in through a phone call. Couldn't find anything out. He had to find everything out through a friend of ours that lives in Sedalia. We would get newspaper clippings or a phone call on something that might change. We couldn't reach out to the police department. We couldn't reach out to the the father's side of the family, Dana's husband's side of the family, because yeah. they wouldn't talk to us. Um, on the Sedalia Democrats, we were basically told if we came to Sedalia that we would be showed the way out, putting it nicely. Yeah. Um, so it's been hard, and I don't want anyone to think that Dana's blood family, whatever they want to call it, has shut Dana out because Dana has always and will always be a part of our family. And it kills us daily to know that someone did this and that her kids are not going to know us ever. They've never met us. They've never probably even heard our name. And that they have, you know, a grandfather that probably thinks about them all the time. And other family members that would love to show that they are loved and thought of as well. So it's hard, but in the same breath, I don't want this to sound cold, but we have kind of closed the door for Dana in our way Yeah. for, for saying, you know, we love you. We know something has happened. I mean, she's not everything that we've heard. Um, she reached out one time right before she came up missing to my mom. And it was the weekend before she had went out and she had called my mom and asked if there was a way that she could help with some money or come pick her and her children up that she had just moved into an apartment and that it was not a very good apartment and that someone kept breaking in and taking stuff from her and it had broken windows and she couldn't afford it. And that every time she got her Social Security check, someone would 
come and take everything that she had, whether it be diapers, food, or anything for the kids. So my mother had said that she would get a hold of her in the next couple of days um, to make sure that she called because Dana said there was no, she had no phone and not to say anything about coming to get her. So, um, we didn't hear anything after that except for the phone call from Jeff saying Dana was missing. Mm. So it's been, it's been a long 11 years and we, we don't want trouble from anybody. We just want closure for the family. We want to put Dana at rest with a tombstone and to let, you know, we want to put loved by many, a mother, a cousin, you know, she was a sister. She was a daughter, you know, um, there's so many people she didn't get to meet. So I don't know. I, uh, I can't even imagine what you, you guys have gone through, and, uh, I am so sorry for you guys. Um, I know we've talked to a lot of people, and a lot of people, every time we talk to them, all they have are good things to say about Dana. We are doing everything that we can, and we really appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. I really appreciate it. Well, and I I want to apologize to you guys because when I first got your message, I was like, oh my gosh, who is this? And yeah, why are they digging into my cousin? You know, yeah. so and I reached out to my mom and dad and my uncle Jeff and my aunt Charlotte and you know and I was like, have you heard anything? no not yet is there something we need to know and I was like I don't know I'm not gonna do anything and then when I heard the podcast I was like okay this is legit and I want everybody to know you know Dana didn't move to Missouri until 2002 yeah you know she was with us till 2002 mind you six years in Missouri okay six years and two kids during that time. So she did have family and she does still have family. And just because we're not pursuing it, we're, I mean, kind of scared, you know, I don't blame you. And, 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 you know, you hear the stories, you, you hear so much. And if you can get that Sedalia Democrat and see the threats that we got. Yeah. And, and just go off of what everybody was saying on that. It was like, don't go to Sedalia. Don't go there. You will, you will not leave. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and I'm not going to lie. I'm three hours away and, and I'm not going to go close. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. I want to seek justice for my cousin. And I want, I would love one day to meet her children. And I hope when they turn 18 years old, they do look up the Bruce name and find their you know, their uncle Jimmy and their grandpa Jeff and start from there. Absolutely. That, yeah. No, but I, I understand what you're saying. You know, 
we're in St. Louis, so from St. Louis to Sedalia, it's about three hours, and we made one trip there, and that was our last trip there. Um, it is as close as we have gotten is Centralia, and um, we were going to go to the state fair, and they said, "Do not, do yeah. not um, go there. Don't, don't go. If they even if the wrong person sees you, tag yourself there. You know, it's all media." And like I said, I'm not wanting no trouble. I just want everyone to know that Dana did have a blood family, and she did grow up happy. And, you know, there was some poor choices made, but we've always been here. We've, we've, ne- we've not left. We're still here. Yeah. No, you know, the one thing we always say is, we, you know, we, don't, we, don't, we care about people's pasts, but we don't judge people's pasts. We don't, you know, that's just not something we do. Everybody's got one. Oh, right. And, you know, everybody's a person. We all make mistakes. That's right. And, uh, you know, because, yeah, there's just no reason for it. So, we, uh, yeah. Oh, by chance, do you remember what some of those threats were to you guys? Um, or were they just like... Um, um, the threat started on the Sedalia Democrat when we reached out because we weren't getting answers. Um, we reached out and had asked um, how the kids were, um, if we have to keep dealing with this, you'll be taken care of. Um, wow. I mean, it, and it's just, it, and it stopped. I mean, I, I couldn't deal with it anymore. I had, like I said, I had three little kids too. Yeah. I and I can't put my babies in that line of fire of not growing up without a mom. Because don't get me wrong, I I I wanted to come down here. I really, <laughs> really did. And but I I had a husband who said, Sherry, you know, come on, keep keep your head right. You know, with this all come out, this will come out. And eleven years later, it's still not out. And I hear that people are still getting threatened. Yeah. I hear people have to have a gun with them sometimes because they're so scared. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to put myself in that line of fire. I know. I know. God knows what happened. Yeah. I'm a firm believer um, that it's all going to come out, and and I just pray that when it does come out, that it's not the people that we're hearing. It is. And maybe it, there is more to it, and I just pray that that it all just just bring us Dana, just bring us Dana home, and let her let us mourn for her one last time, and put her in the ground and say we love you, and we're sorry that we didn't do more. And I think you guys did everything you could, and so. I really do, with given the situation and the lack of help from officials and everything. I think you guys did everything you guys could. Yeah, the officials were no help at all. None. Yeah. Not, not to, not to her dad, who was in the system. You know, he wasn't going there to hurt anybody. He just wanted answers for his daughter. Yeah. He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna try to. You know, kidnap some kids or anything. He, you know, he just he just 
needed to mourn himself. And he still probably does. That restraining order that was against him, did that? I am not sure who put that. They, um, when my dad called, or had me call, sorry, my dad had me call, and they said that there was a, they just said that there was a restraining order for Jeff Bruce in Sedalia, that if he was to come into Sedalia anywhere near the children or the family, that he would be picked up on site. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know what phone calls could have happened, you know, on that end. You know, I only know what I've been told because we can't, we can't get legit straight answers. We only hear a lot of the hearsay, the newspaper clippings, the, you know, what other family members have heard. Yeah. You know, and, and, I mean, we're finding out more from your podcast than we've ever found out in 11 years. Oh, wow. We, we didn't even hear the stories that I have heard on the four podcasts. Oh, wow. I didn't hear anything. We heard about a red truck and then come to find out it wasn't even a red truck. Yeah. And then we heard about her partying with some people and rolled, okay, if she was rolled up on the side of the road in a in a rug, she okay, where is she? Where yeah. is she? You yeah. know, yeah, we we did we never even heard this. Yeah, I believe that someone knows more than absolutely what he said yes. You know, please don't give up. Please, oh don't no, give up. oh no, because you are all we have. You are all the Bruce McBride, McConnell, Stegman have. You guys are making this for us because we can't. We can't. Yeah. You know, and it breaks my heart to know that we couldn't say goodbye and that we couldn't get there fast enough. So, and I know it kills my mom because my mom was one of the last people that did get to talk to her. And this is, and and it's going to be brought up, oh, you're just now Karen. No, it's not just now Karen. This is just now coming up because you guys have made it to where we can have a little bit of a voice. Yeah. And we appreciate you guys so much for this. And I know... I know that that person that's listening, I mean, like you said, there's an anonymous tip line. Just it's Dana. Yeah. That's all we want. Yeah. We'll leave you alone. Just give us Dana. Yeah. You, uh, you don't ever have to thank us, though, because this is just, <laughs> you know, this is just something we, that we feel is the right thing to do, so. Well, it's just crazy that out of like you said, thousands of people that you have reached into and grabbed. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was our Dana Jane. Okay, so what did you think of that? Wow, I think is my first response. I know that I say that a lot. I really found interesting that they said they were waiting for her phone call. Yes. 
that is something that I wrote down to talk about that she reached out to Sherry's mom the weekend before she disappeared that she was asking her to send money to help her or to come and get her and the kids and that she didn't want them to say anything about that phone call that she didn't want anyone to know that they were coming to get her or that they had talked about it i can only imagine how they feel having that phone conversation with dana because dana just to reiterate she didn't have a cell phone no she didn't so to have that phone call with them and then you're waiting to hear from dana and the next thing that you get is a phone call from dana's dad jeff telling them that dana's missing i could not imagine how that would be i did want to make one co- one correction in the interview i had said that we had only taken one trip to sedalia at the time we had only taken one trip we've been back since then yes to do an interview and to get information so we have gone back yeah i'm not going to say we're not going back again i'm not going to make that mistake because I'm sure we'll be back down there. I am sure that we will. Honestly, I could almost promise we'll be back down there. <laughs> but we don't know what the future holds. That's the one correction that we have to make. Uh, I also thought it was interesting that they talked about this Sedalia... The Democrat Online? Yeah. So, I don't know exactly what that is because it's it's no longer there. We can't find anything on it. But what I'm kind of thinking it is, is like sometimes news channels on their articles and things like that, you're able to go on there and leave comments. So I'm wondering if it was something like that, because you can, you don't have to make an account or anything. You can just comment as you go, like anonymously. Oh, okay. But I found that really interesting that they had a section to do that and that they were getting threats. Or that she said it got up to like 32 pages. That is insane. That is a lot of conversation going on about one topic. 32 pages? 32. And I can only imagine what people had said on there. But I found it interesting that here they are in Oklahoma. They're her family. This thing of Dana calling them to help her and then they're getting threatened don't come here yeah and i didn't understand where the restraining order came from if you know everybody said that that dana's family wasn't in her life why would there be a restraining order on dana's father yeah and i've never heard of how and we i mean you know it's all of course this is hearsay so you know because we weren't there we didn't hear the real conversation exactly but i don't see how you could tell father of the missing woman not to come to Sedalia because he'll get arrested. On the spot. Yeah. Now, I've heard of, like, you know, not within so many feet. Yeah, of of a general, of, of a person, because that's what a straight right. order is. It's a protective right. order. So, like, if you took one out on me, they'd say, oh, we can't come within 500 feet of her. Now, if you lived at the police station... <laughs> then, yeah, and if I showed up, then, yeah, of course, of course I'm going to get arrested. Right. But if you don't, and I don't come within 500 feet of you, I have every right to go into that police station. Yeah. 
One, we I want to reiterate that we have not spoken with police yet. Not that we don't plan to, because we do plan to, so we don't have their side of that conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I just thought that that was interesting to say, you know, if they're telling them her biological father has to come in to get information and to to make the necessary steps um and then to also say within a short time in the same conversation but if he comes there he's going to be arrested so yeah I'm, I'm i'm a little confused you know and it could be maybe they got mixed up maybe it could be a number of things but until we do talk to the police and get their side we can only speculate yeah and that's exactly what this is you know you can really tell that this i mean this has really taken a toll on her and and her family you know i think that it shows a lot i want to point out that this isn't the first person that dana reached out to for help within a a week and a half of her disappearing yeah and i i thought it was interesting because You know, Sherry did say that she actually, she had Dana for a year. Yeah, while Jeff was um, incarcerated, signed over temporary custody of Dana to Sherry for one year. And then whenever he got out, he took custody back. So, I mean, this is somebody who, who helped to raise Dana. And, you know, again, this was somebody who loved and cared for her. And continues and has had to get closure in her own way and the family had to get closure in their own way not saying that they have full closure i don't think you ever can when when you're not able to lay the person that you love that's missing to rest i think when you don't know where they are you can never get full closure you know all it takes is an anonymous phone call that's it whether that be to the anonymous tip line for the Missouri State Highway Patrol, or whether that be to our phone number. You know, you don't have to leave your name. You don't have to leave a phone number. I think another thing, because we are almost done, but something that we have realized that we are going to have to reiterate at the end of every episode is that the interviews that you hear, the people that you hear talking, are not the views of Missing in Missouri. These are these people's side of the story. It is their version, it is their opinions, and it is their views. And and we're not saying that the people that, th- that these interviews, that the people are lying. No, we are, we cannot confirm nor deny what they are saying, yeah. you know? You know, like you said, this is their, these are their, their, their words. We're putting them on our podcast because they are talking to us. You know, I think that's that's the biggest obstacle that we are having right now. One, to reiterate at the end of every episode, <laughs> these aren't the views and opinions of Missing in Missouri. We say this every episode. If you want it told, then you have to go on record or email us and say, everything that I put on here, I want on the podcast. I want everyone to hear this. We'll read it then. Yeah, then we'll read it. I think that we all really want the same conclusion. We all really want to find Dana. We pride ourselves in not taking a side. I can sit here today with a clean conscience and say 
We are open-minded, and we listen to all sides of the story. So, with that being said, I'm Morgan. And I'm Zach. And this is Missing in Missouri.